0: Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Life Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Smith. And if you have not done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another podcast. And if you love this podcast, and you want some more tips and tricks on how to improve yourself, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There are a ton of instructional videos there. You can find the links down below. However, today, my friends, today, my friends, got some van lifers. We got some some nomads. We got some spiritual journey folks yeah I, get it. I don't even know where <laughs> i was gonna go with that one but nonetheless i am very grateful and very honored to have eric and jenny and i bo- Pat pat Patton. Peyton, Patton. Patton. Yep. Mm-hmm. nice crushed <laughs> super stoked to have you both here it is also my first time having two people on the podcast like on recording so this is a very cool experience i'm very excited and uh yeah, so uh, how you folks doing?
1: Oh, lovely. Oh, we're loving life. Just for, for reference, you're going to be listening to this after the fact, but today is 777, and we came to that conclusion just before we started recording. So it's about to be, be magical. magical. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's pretty good. And actually, you know what? Would you be able to elaborate on the sign? Because it's three sevens as well, and I believe, mm-hmm. educate me. What is the 777? Tell me about it.
1: Well, as far as going deep, we did a little bit of of the Googling yesterday and um, just the things that we follow online talks about this portal that opens up and it's related to Sirius who is essentially the spiritual son Mm -hmm. and that there's a big energy around expression, Mm -hmm. around like death and rebirth. And mm-hmm. essentially stepping into who it is that you want to be, who you're meant to be, and letting go of those limiting beliefs that hold you back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This well, is definitely well. one of those moments. They happen a few times a year. Definitely one of those moments to take a serious moment to focus on what you want. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. And let go of the things that as she just said, holding you back, like as if they don't exist. And getting really clear on what it is that you do want.
0: So it's like uh a- uh, so it's like a, it could be a death of the perception of self in order to live the self. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nice.
2: To, to allow your true self yeah. to be birthed.
0: Nice. And
1: in
2: order to do so, you have to be able to shed the former self.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so going into, uh, going into kind of the main, uh, the first question that I like to ask, because I think it's really cool. And given that, given that solid little uh, snippet there, How is it that you impact the lives of, or you both impact the lives of the people around you?
2: That's a great question. Great first question to start off on. So let us start with, uh, let's give you guys some context. So uh, Jenny and I met in 2006. We were in high school. And we had an idea when we got out of high school for uh, the mind body lab. So I was studying psychology she was studying kinesiology and we had this idea to create the mind body lab. And this was way before people were talking about the mind body connection. This would have been in, you know, 2007, 2008, where it was a, it was a little woo. Whereas now it's a pretty common practice understanding that the, the mind and body work together to allow the spirit to come forth. And we were having all these really cool conversations. We were talking about it and, um, we put it on, we we had a, some life events that happened with us that put it to the side for a second, and that was the predecessor to Inspire Change Collective, which is our company that we do. And we believe that change is simple, not easy, simple. It can be done, any type of change you want. And what we really help people do is make the changes that they want now and to identify the things that are holding them back, to confront it right? Confront the dragon, get the gold if you like Jordan Peterson, right? Mm -hmm. So the dragon is all those limiting beliefs that you tell yourself all the time. And what we help people do is get inspired by their own story so that they can fuel their own journey, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Oftentimes we um, like to outsource our inspiration. So we like to look at other people and that's wonderful, right? People are awesome, right? But I really enjoy, uh, The moment when someone realizes their own story is inspirational
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and so we help people bring that out bring it out and embody it through lots of different means uh and it can get very spiritual because oftentimes what happens is um when people start deep diving into themselves they find something in there that they knew was there all along but life circumstances were preventing them from expressing it and embodying it. So we give them a safe space to do so. Yeah.
1: Coming to recognize what you had all along within you, but we're distracted by whatever it is that were presented through life, right? Things that family said, friends, social media, entertainment, right? Um and so being able to create this environment where They can essentially recognize that all of those things that feel like they've been locked up in a dark room and they're too scary to go into, we remind them that they have the light to walk into that room and illuminate everything so that it's no longer scary. They can face those things and feel supported because we're here with them through the journey. And then eventually have the strength for them to know no matter what, I can make the changes as I continue on my journey. Because what we say is we don't want, we, we would love to keep in touch with you forever, but we don't want you to need us forever. Then we don't do, we, we haven't done our job if if that if that's the case. Yeah, we failed you. Right? And so it's don't about. We're
2: not, that's not what we do.
1: Mm-hmm, it's about empowering you to be able to feel so good that no matter what it is that you're that you're encountering, you're like, okay, this is hard and I can do hard things.
0: Totally. Uh, a friend of mine, Vanessa, she says something that's very cool where, well, it, yeah, she said, she says that one of her favorite things is when she's embarking in the, uh, internal journey, I would put it is to lean into the fear, Mm -hmm. lean into the fear, because I I find that, uh, when we are going about, I think the logic part comes in. And then when we get so good at challenging our thoughts, rather than confirming our thoughts, we're able Mm -hmm. to experience a, uh, like a broader perception, Mm -hmm. And with that broader perception, we're able to uh, we're able to understand compassion more. And I think that if we are in a place when we become more uh, less less logical, we become less judgmental. Mm-hmm. And we cannot be judgmental and compassionate at the same time. Oh, for Correct. sure. And when we can shift from that lot or from that judgment, where it's logic based, where it's like, this is a judgment because this is the stuff that I know off the top of my head. And mm-hmm. this is all I perceive. So this must be all that's real. Mm-hmm. Then obviously boom. But if we approach it with a place of compassion rather than judging like the internal world or external world, we're compassionate about the internal world and external world. We're coming from a place of infatuation rather than resentment. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, with with that uh, with that journey and being able to assist and guide people through that, where it's not telling people what to do, it's guiding people what to do as a side to side rather than a face to face. Yeah, and I think exactly. that that's uh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: And one of the things that we encourage in the in the entire process is to approach it with compassionate curiosity right question things we love questions as long as
2: it's coming from a place of compassion Mm -hmm. being nice to yourself while you're while you're being curious about what you're learning about
1: Mm -hmm. and one of the reasons um we chose a lighthouse for our logo is because Mm -hmm. of the fact that like what they represent right they're there for people to know in the stormy weathers land is nearby safety is nearby the the lighthouse isn't going to get you there it's not going to go grab you you still have to navigate your way there, and we are there with you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really, of, I
0: really like that. Sorry. Yeah, go
2: ahead. yeah, it's uh, it's one of the things we we teach people is that there's nothing to fear in the dark except for your own light. And so what we do is teach people to be their own safety everywhere they go. And what would life look like for you mm-hmm. if I you were safe right. everywhere, safe in yourself, safe in your thoughts?
1: Yeah, and allowed yourself mm-hmm. to shine, shine mm-hmm. bright without feeling like you need to dim your light because someone else is uncomfortable with your mm-hmm. brightness.
2: Yeah. Tell them get some sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or kick rocks, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: right. <laughs> Got
2: yeah. We're being compassionate, though, right? Tell them to get yeah, some sunglasses. Course. Here you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you get some sunglasses first and we're just gonna go over there (laughs) well some sometimes it's uh it's a healthy it's healthy to keep a distance sometimes definitely Mm -hmm. Uh, i i think that's a i love that uh explanation for the lighthouse i just wrote it down as a lighthouse analogy and i'm probably going to use it in the future and when i go back and listen to it because i'm I'm just collecting a story bank i'll put that into a story bank yes uh man that's so freaking cool like i i really i really dig that lighthouse analogy quite a bit actually because i <laughs> i just thought of like how i can apply it to a whole bunch of different things mm-hmm. uh so so with with that guiding with that uh with actually this is a cool question i like i like asking this question it seems to be a really decent one uh with any kind of service provider guide coach mentor yoda obi-wan uh gandalf, gandalf archetyped yeah. <laughs> archetype you know um. Zeus in some cases, I suppose. Anyways, so there's a whole bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, I think that when people are providing a service like that, where the, they are the archetype of a, uh, or a shaman, there we go, of a guide, oftentimes the mess has become the message. Hmm. And I'm curious about what the mess was in order to inspire this message
2: yeah lots of messes lots of messes and i love you use that (laughs) phrase because we totally use that phrase as well all the time that we help people turn their mess into their message you know and so yeah i love that um so uh let's just start at the beginning let's just start at the beginning so um i uh i was born and raised with my grandmother Um, well i was born with my mom and then i was forcibly removed from my mom and placed Mm -hmm. with my grandma And so for a large uh, chunk of my life, I had a lot of anger. Peace was foreign to me and um, very angry child. And uh, really the only places I had um, ways in which to express it was through sports. That was really it. And um, I was told because my grandma was a teacher, this is where, you know, when I was a kid, I looked at it like, you know, I, I have to get thrown into the corner, go read a book, go do this because she needs to uh, grade papers and do things for school. So I got thrown into corners and, you know, I have a deep rooted sense of history now because of it at the time though, I was just feeling like I was getting neglected, just thrown into the corner. And so I definitely struggled with communication, although I've always been articulate. It was the way in which I was using my words that were creating, um, negative circumstances. And, you know, of course, uh, before we before we learned about our own internal power and the power of our words, and our story, um, I was blaming everyone. It was always everyone else's fault. It was never my fault. It was always the circumstances. It was the world's fault. It was my mom's fault for doing this. It was my dad's fault for never being around. You know, it was someone else's fault all the time. And it wasn't until I hit a point where um, i really it was clear that I'd lost myself. I'd lost a sense of who I was rock bottom for some people, so to speak. And, um, uh, I really had to confront myself, you know, and, and learn to, um, accept myself and accept the circumstances as something that helped fuel me rather than something that was holding me back. And so that was for me on a personal level, that was how I hit the point where I was ready to do something different. Um, and so that was me embarking into philosophy psychology um oh spirituality conspiracy theories <laughs> aliens all the fun stuff right yeah. <laughs> and um uh we'll pause there real quick and then you can go your personal and then we'll talk about us together
1: yeah so what's interesting is like we have similar but different obviously upbringings in the sense that our grandmas were both very influential in our lives. Um, I was raised by in a single parent household with my mom and my older brother and but my grandma was there often and, and took care of us. and so um, she supported my mom in a lot of ways. Um, and what's interesting is growing up, I didn't know that having that not having my dad around was different this was my family. And this was like, I didn't see it as I didn't have like this anger towards my dad. It was just like, oh, he's just not here. And there were certain experiences that I went through that I'd say created a sense of fear in, in the way that I saw the world this was because of the way that I heard my mom talk about the world, not being able to trust people and people are always going to do you wrong. So I didn't I didn't have, you know, big, big moments that created that sense of fear, but I heard it. And so um, I think often to, you know, we talk about inner child work. Little Jenny was very scared just scared of the world. And like, what could be over there hiding in that corner? You never know. I would literally be laying down on the couch with a blanket and I'd be like, is there something over there by my foot? You know, like literally just this, this unreasonable fear. Um, and also once I learned about how the power of the words that we're raised around, do they do influence us. Right. And so, you know, a big part about my uh, upbringing was more that I had this sense of disempowerment that I created. I grew up in activities. My mom put us in different sports and my brother really excelled in basketball. I didn't have that thing that I was really good at, but it was because my inner critic, I didn't know that that's what what it was at the time, but my inner critic kept me from trying, from making mistakes. I thought mistakes were bad. And so instead of like my brother, where he made a mistake and kept going and thus got better, I made a mistake and thought, oh my gosh, you're terrible. You should never do that again, which we know now, how would I expect to get better at anything with that mindset, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I finally went into the water um, and started swimming. And what was really cool about that is I remember going into the water, it shut out the noise. I was finally able to have that sense of peace within myself. And I thought that that was just because the water was special. The water was my home, right? And so um, that was one of the things where I recognized later in life how I kept myself from um, really excelling at things. And I just thought I was really good at swimming because I was good at swimming. No, I just kept going. I showed up. Right, and so that was really where my, I'd say, personal limiting beliefs came from. Um, we met in two thousand six, and when we started dating, um, you know, we're so young. Yeah. We're 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 little we're babies, just babies, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, the the journey of getting to know each other, um,
2: on AOL and some Messenger.
1: Started on yeah. AOL It's <laughs> domestic. <messages. laughs> we would spend hours, hours, hours after we, you know, we met at the movies in a group with a group of friends and we started messaging back and forth. And we literally messaged for days and days yeah, months before months we time. actually started yeah. talking on the phone and we'd spend time on there. And, you know, fun fact, we used to go to sleep and say, where are we going to meet tonight? we would have dream dates Mm. and we'd talk about all the places that we wanted to go to. Right. This is still in high school. And uh, so that's a really cool thing. Looping back now to all of the adventuring that we have done um, because that's where it started. It started literally in our dreams. And um, you know, once we, as we got older though, you know, you're, you're going through all these different changes and learning more about yourself. And um, what's interesting is that we created so many, um, triggers for each other how how you know you talk about like your greatest fear is the thing that you bring to life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when it comes to this idea of abandonment and and not trusting people we made that happen yeah you know we made that happen for each other and that was really hard
2: it was it was and that was that was due to you know obviously we have the hindsight of it now
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um you know in the moment it was all everything was fear-based Everything was fear based. It was, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to lose this person that I love. So I'm just going to be the first person to go and just mess this up. And we both did that to each other and then came back and then we're like, wait a second. Like, and then we hit a point where it was like, okay, we need to make a choice here. Like we really love each other and really we our our bond is built on friendship and care for each other. And, um, because of that, we had to make a choice. What do I want to do? Do we want to do we want to take this to where we believe we always believed it would go to or do we want to um, let it go? Let it go. And we made a decision that we were going to step into what we always wanted to do. And we were going to face our fears. We were going to talk about it together. We weren't going to hide from the things that we were scared of, you know, which which really stem back to both of our childhoods that we talked about, which is a lot having to do with abandonment and rejection. And, um, I think as soon as we, not even, I think, I know as soon as we confronted those things, yeah. life opened up yeah. opportunities, opened up individually, collectively. And that is really where, you know, for us, you talked to getting back to the question, mess into the message, right? Right. Yeah. The, the mess is where the message comes from. Mm-hmm. And if you try to get yourself out of the mess too fast, then you just get into another mess yeah. because that's running, right? You're just running from it mm-hmm. and you find more messes. And so what we really had to do was confront it, confront it and deal with it. And it took a lot of really hard conversations, mm-hmm. a lot of tears, a lot mm-hmm. of things that weren't really about our relationship that were about other things that came up that were um, being triggered by our relationship. Yeah,
1: and being reflected exactly through each other. And yeah. you, you hear this as far as relationships being your biggest mirrors right and and it was one of those things where you know uh when it came he mentioned earlier that he can articulate and he was he was good with words always for me i was i was very quick to shut down especially in conflict situations so he's over here telling me i want to talk to you please talk to me and i'm screaming in my head but i couldn't get the words out so that in turn brought more conflict because he's like do you do you want this
2: does this even matter does this matter
1: do i matter Mm -hmm. right and so being able to actually work through all these different areas and again face my fears it's safe to be heard right i'm i am being asked to express i'm being invited to express right and that was that was different because i you know recognizing how things were and didn't have to be how things are. Right. And I get to be the one to step into that. um, And I have someone that wants to do it with me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we really did take that leap of faith and say, okay, we know what happened before. We also know what happens when we say we're going to move forward and still hold on to that grudge what happens if we actually let go accept and move forward right and again that's a big that it's it's a big part of relationships and love is saying here's my heart
2: yeah i trust you
1: i trust you with it Mm -hmm. you know
2: yeah and i I feel that uh self-acceptance is the key to um relationships right so we like saying now what we've been saying is us starts with you You know, we can't have an us if I'm not centered with me Mm -hmm. and my relationships with other people are a direct, direct result of how I see myself, Mm -hmm. which honestly goes back to what you were talking about earlier, being, being judgy about the Mm -hmm. world, right? How we see the world is how we see ourselves. That's really what it is. It's a reflection of how we see ourselves. And so, so much of the work that we do now for, um, For ourselves as well, because it's a never ending journey. Mm -hmm. You never wake up one day and you're like, I got it all figured out, guys. I'm (laughs) done. I'm good. Right. You just keep keep chugging along and you keep learning new lessons, but from a higher vantage point every time. Absolutely. You know, and um, so now so much of our work around um, relationships with others centers around the relationship with self Mm -hmm. and accepting accepting yourself in this moment for who you are.
1: Yeah. And recognizing that the more that you learn about yourself, the more you can share with the person the mm-hmm. person or the people that you care about. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really what happened here is that while yes, we spent lots of hours chatting on aons to mm-hmm. messenger, talking on the phone and you know, all that good stuff. Um, we knew each other at a certain level based off of how much we knew we knew ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. And so the deeper we got with ourselves, the more mm-hmm. we got to experience with each other.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm yeah that's freaking cool i love that and so you go about so you oh no yeah got a couple thoughts on that one okay that's that's a good (laughs) shit good shit uh so something i think is really cool is i like i like how you go or how you you're both talking about the uh the no actually now that I'm thinking about, it, you know, earlier when I was like, oh, single syllables, use, I might refer to you as use often. Yeah. Hearing that part of the story now, I'm just like, whoa, that was pretty uh that was pretty appropriate. Like yeah. how appropriate. Now I'm like, <laughs> whoa, that's cool. Uh so there's so many things that are actually they're really like uh I'm trying to find the common denominator and those things. And all the, all the different aspects and the common denominator that I'm just, that's kind of just popping up and is kind of like, I'm recognizing is the development of the relationship with the self and how that correlates to the relationship of others. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it is absolutely the stories and our perceptions that are like just all mishmashed and mangled. And I think that when we are exploring the internal self or what I think of as the prime self and how I, the first indicator of who is the prime self is prime. Kyle is the person that is speaking to you right now, as I'm listening to your primes. And the reason why I say that's the prime Kyle is because that is the, that is the, the decision maker. That is the, that is the, the, the architect. If it's a matrix reference, it is the architect that goes along. So we may have like a whole bunch of these other voices or, or the other stories that are just re- on repeat because our most of our thoughts are habitual. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we are able to embody our architect and recognize that our prime voice is the prime self, and then rather than trying to fight that, because I think we actually, we're not fighting against what people tell us we're fighting against what we understand of ourselves. And we're just accepting what people are putting in our face Yes, because that's what everyone else does too. And people don't know what they don't know. And they don't see that there is another option because not many people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think of it kind of like the same kind of idea as um, we're just learning. We're just learning to the extent that people know. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, In my mind, it would be better to or more in the best interest of uh, a person to learn how like business, for example, learn business from someone who started a business rather than going to school to learn the theory of business. Of course. So what people are saying out externally of us are what they perceive to be the way the world works, and they're just sharing their theory Mm -hmm. and their opinion but there's a difference between truth and fact and truth is just the choice of, and truth is anything can be a truth if enough enough people agree on it. And it's different than fact where there is the ability to be able to become that prime version, that architect and uh, figure out what the narrative is for the self rather than just accepting the other narratives of others Mm. i don't know where i was going with that but i I thought that was kind of cool where oh yeah where it went in where it was like (laughs) self-reflection was awesome yeah so so with the with the self-reflection with the assisting other folks into doing that what are what's uh, a common denominator kind of objection or difficulty you recognize people struggle with the most and uh After that, after that one, how is it that you find to be this maybe simplest? Cause I think simplicity is the key to existence where when we overcomplicate, then it's just going to be a messy world. But when we try to find the simplicity of things, then we're able to, uh, decrease the speed bumps.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, so what have you found to be a common denominator objection to existing in the self or pursuing the self, or yeah. you can take that, however. And then how, how about the resolution?
1: Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd say, you know, what you just mentioned right now about truth versus fact, and also the aspect around, what is it? 90% of our thoughts are similar to the day before, mm-hmm. right? Um, thoughts, the building blocks of thoughts are words, right? And what we say, words, what we write, words and so bringing back to um, that inner critic the inner critic's voice is made up by a, a bunch of words what are those words writing them down externalizing them so you can then see it from a different perspective being able to actually read your own words out loud and then checking in is this what I believe is this true but another another aspect of it is this accurate yes. is it accurate to how i not only feel is it accurate to how i want to feel correct right and the a big the biggest part about being able to recognize how much the inner critic and the voice of the inner critic the words that we're using how much they impact us for better for worse being able to ask yourself what will life be like if you keep listening to that voice mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like, and and follow through all the way, all the way. What would life look like for you at seventy years old if you listen to your inner critic for the next, you know, for forty years, fifty years, depending on what age you're? What what would life look like for you if that was your guiding light, Mm -hmm. right? And most people, it's extreme. It's and it's not a good look. It's not a good look for most people. I would imagine people listening to this right now are like, dang, what if I did listen to that negative voice in my head for the next fifty years? I would be consumed by it. My life would be on fire. I would never take a risk. Mm-hmm. I would settle for less all the time and think that that's all I was worthy of. Mm-hmm. That's extreme. And we were walking around with an entire population of people, people. that do that all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, So interesting part about truth from my perspective. Right. So mm-hmm. there's only one truth. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh. Only one. Okay. My my truth can be separate from her truth. But then there's the truth. The truth is separate from all of us. It is objective. It is what it is, right? This is this is accepting reality for what it is rather than what I perceive it to be, mm-hmm. right? And this is where I think we get lost lost in as humans because we see things from our perspective. If you ever watched that movie, Vantage Point, right? Came out like, I want to say like 10 years ago. And it's about like a bomb going off in a particular place. And they shoot uh, basically the same scene from 12 different yeah. vantage points every one of those vantage points are true. All of them. They're all true because from one person's perspective, this is exactly what happened. I saw it. When you go into court, some of the weakest forms of evidence in court is eyewitness. Weakest form of evidence is eyewitness because my my ability to, to recognize and see the bigger picture is limited by my own perception.
1: And we start filling in gaps. And we
2: fill in gaps that we don't remember naturally. Mm-hmm. We just do it on our own and our brain fills in the apps so this happens uh, quite often if you just take like words and you take out a couple letters from words your brain just fills it in and you're just boom boom, boom 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 right and you know it because your brain is hardwired to do so and so uh getting back to your questions about resistance right where is the where's the place for me what i find the most that people resist the most is the present moment that's where the truth lies it's this moment right here right now not later not what's going to happen next year, 10 years from now, not what happened to you 10 years ago, this moment, right here. And this is where this is where time is interesting, where past, past, and uh, present and future only exist in this moment. There's no such thing as past and future. They don't exist. They only exist in our mind. That's it. because once something happens one time, it's happened. Everything else after that is now my perception of what happened, right? And so if I can stay in this moment here and have some have some respect for the fact that you're going to move forward in life, like that life continues to move forward. So it's not like we ignore it completely. It's just that I can only do something about this moment here. That's it. And I find that most people, um, and this is where, you know, from my perspective, anxiety is all future-driven. Depression is all past driven. So when people are are in a state of depression, oftentimes their mind is focused in the past. And it's what did I do wrong? What happened to me? Right. And because of that, they're sacrificing the present moment for the past. Anxiety is the same thing. I'm thinking about the future. And oftentimes what happens, it's 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 honestly kind of funny once you like talk to people about it and we get them to write things down, is that like everything's worst case scenario for the future. And also everyone assumes that if something was different in the past, that their present would be better. And that is a huge assumption you're making that is not necessarily true at all, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're, you're making a huge assumption that if something changed in the past, that it would be better for you right now. And that is that to me, that is the root of suffering is living in the future and the past with, and, and sacrificing your present moment. That is where suffering comes from because when you live in here and now, you can, you can see it for what it is. You can feel compassion. You can feel love in its deepest, deepest ways, right? Cause you're here right now. And you can, you know, when I'm, when I'm here with her right now, like now, and we're in this moment, I can feel our connection with each other, even with you across right here, you're in a whole other country right now, but I can feel your connection in this moment right now. Right. If I'm thinking about, hey, well, I got to do another podcast next week. I got to do all my check-ins next week. I have to do all this other stuff. Now I'm sacrificing this moment that we're sharing together. And I'm doing a disservice to you, to me, to her, to the listener as well. And so now I'm sacrificing all these things for something that hasn't yet existed yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's how we get That's how we get into these loops yeah. of losing the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we talk about, especially when it comes to um, – when it comes to our language is that it influences our imagination, right? That mental movie that you have. And a lot of times when we say imagination, we really reinforce the fact that we think often that imagination is uh, exclusive to younger children, right? Mm -hmm. They have such a vivid imagination. But the reality is every single time that you think about something that's not happening right now, something that happened in the past or something that could happen in the future, that is you using your imagination, right? And at the same time, if you can think up all the worst case scenarios, you can also give yourself the space to think up all the best case scenarios. One of the language games that we play is what if the good shit. That gives you for some people it's real it's actually pretty hard.
2: Yeah, it's usually difficult right? for people it, the first. But, time. but
1: it it shows you that you've been so uh, uh ingrained in, in getting your brain to work in a particular way to picture worst case scenario. If you can do that, you can also do the other. Mm-hmm. And at first it may be hard and we take steps. We put in repetition, right? You give yourself the space to explore. And that's why we really love the the area that we, that we do play in and the way that we um, lay everything out is in this space, we get to explore. We get to make mistakes, right? This is all right answers. Everything is welcome here. And so if you can picture the bad stuff, I want you to, what if the good stuff, Mm -hmm. what would happen if everything that you wanted came true, right? What, what would happen if, um, you allowed yourself to step up and, you know, show yourself to the world in a way that you've never done before? Well, there's, it's, there's a little bit of fear in that and, what if we turned that, um, you know, that anxiety? What if we told you that your body physiologically feels the same way when you're excited? But then what? Right? You give yourself that shift and recognize your brain. For so many people, their brain feels like their worst enemy. And your brain is literally wants nothing more than to serve you.
2: That's all it ever does.
1: That's it. And so right now you've just been having it serve you in a way that is unsupportive of the life that you are deserving of.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. So how can we create those shifts so that you can feel different?
0: Yep. I like that. There's a, there's a lot of, so this is the first time that we're chatting other than organizing when to chat, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, a lot of, a lot of what you're saying is resonating. And what I find Or maybe it's the algorithm. Maybe it's the algorithm that's just connecting me with like-minded individuals. (laughs) Uh, But it was actually an introduction from a person, so I think it's fair. But one thing I recognize is uh, as people, there's only so much growth in the Newtonian world and then to, to the point where it just happens and then it goes into the quantum world. Mm-hmm. And that's where those next level ups start. So I like the idea of uh, sepatism which the philosophy of separatism, which is the game. It's we're living in a simulation. Mm-hmm. And I used to be really big with RPG games. Skyrim was my go to. Nice. I was a crack addict for Skyrim. It was horrible, <laughs> horrible so good so anyway (laughs)
2: dualities right
0: yeah yeah exactly so one thing that I find is really cool with with that is uh the idea of uh an art this being an rpg game a role play game Mm -hmm. and you're creating your character and I think that uh in 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 this kind of like thought process of creating characters I found that there is also uh, a lot of internal characters that we can also create along those lines as well Mm -hmm. And before I go into that, there is—have you ever seen Kung Fu Panda? Either of you?
2: Yeah, of course. Awesome. It's been years, but yeah.
0: <laughs> and I made—I got the quote up just in case because I don't want to mess it up. But when you're talking about the past and the present, or the past, present, and the future, uh, Master Uwe he has a quote that says, "Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why it's called the present." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I—that always resonates with me quite quite a bit so that's one part that i wanted to talk about on that one yeah but with the uh the folks that i'm hanging out with they're awesome so that was the end of that other little tangent uh but where was it that the perceptions and then oh my goodness i just had too many going on in there oh my goodness (laughs) so in in the process of Shoot. I just went blank on that one. So in the, in the process of the thought exercise that you said about what is the good shit, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What if, what What if if the good shit, shit? I had, I have a similar one where it is, if you were wake up tomorrow and a miracle was to happen overnight, what would be different about Mm -hmm. your, day or what would be what would be different about what you experience yeah and then that's a good way of like really organizing things Mm -hmm. from that way and just opening up the picture to be able to create that story Mm -hmm. create that uh create that idea and then it goes into the rpg part where it's creating the character that is in alignment with that day yes Mm -hmm. exactly Okay. There it, we go. We got yep. a full yeah, circle there. there. Yeah. Just yeah. took a second. Folks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Look, so we can actually here. here's the example we could do right now. You here. talked to us beforehand. You wanted to get in the van, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So do you have a timeline generally
0: speaking? Not uh, let's say two years. We haven't okay. decided on a date and that is something that we are it's in, in our intentions to do. Okay, yeah. cool.
2: So what if, what if we cut that in half? Okay. Yeah. What so if you had, years. what if you had whatever you needed yep. to get into the van in one year? Yeah. Okay, you're thinking. I can see it. I can see you're thinking. Okay, take a deep breath and feel into it. What would that feel like for you? Excitement. Yeah, lots of excitement, I would bet, right? So now, let's say you're in the van in a year. What would you do today now to get you one step closer today to getting into the van in one year? Just one step. That's it. Just one step. 1%.
0: Well, the 1% that is just very, very convenient at this moment is speaking with people that live in a van. <laughs> there you
2: go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I mean though. So now yeah. that's how we can take. So your past is influencing the way you're thinking about it because you had a, you said two years. So your past is influencing the way you first thought about it. I just came in and shifted it for you. Let's cut it in half. If that would if that feels good for you. It did feel good because I saw you smiling right away. Yeah. As soon as I said it, you were like, oh yeah, that would be nice for sure. <laughs> and I could see your wheels turning as well. So cool. All right. Cool. We cut it in half. It feels good. If it didn't feel good, I would say, cool. What does feel good? Right. Now we're simu- now. We're creating the past that influenced it. Right. But now we're thinking of a better future and we bring it right back to the present moment now. What would you do now, today? And now you're talking. So that's how they all exist in this given moment, right here and right now.
0: Mm. I like that. Yeah, it felt uh it felt really good. It's who was it? Dave Robinson, I was chatting yeah. with him and uh yeah, it was it was on the call too. We we were going through some story work, style stuff and I was getting really into it and it I love it. I I actually yeah. love the the physiological response which now re- I remember another point that I was talking about with mm-hmm. or thinking of was our mind can't tell the difference between our thoughts and reality. Yep, mm-hmm. and they're both one and the same to our mind because mm-hmm. uh, we're our brains just taking all the sensors that mm-hmm. we got going on and then interpreting those that input. Yep. yep, and I think that when we are able to control the input to be more nourishing rather than uh, drowning, yeah. we are able to uh, have a much more fulfilling life and. That goes with the words that we speak Mm -hmm. to ourselves and speak to others, and Mm -hmm. yeah, man, that's super cool stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a feedback loop, right? That's what you recognize, and so then you can start to ask, like, how do, in what way can I start to, um, I wanted to say infiltrate, like, create an impact, right? So, like, if we know that our words influences our imagination, our feelings and emotions, and our physiology, can I? write down the words and notice what is it making me feel. Can I notice what I'm feeling and then pay attention to what words I'm using to create that? Can I literally feel into my body and create a shift in my body, right? Jump around, right? Shaking out, taking breaths. How is that then going to create a shift? When it comes to anxiety, a lot of times you've got this energy that's moving through your body. I saw a post that someone put up that said a therapist, whenever someone would start to feel anxiety, would literally have them do air squats until failure. Mm -hmm. And then then they were able to talk about the thing. And usually the anxiety would dissipate Mm -hmm. because it's just this built up energy. Right. We have so much within this vessel right that we get to connect with and learn about but sometimes we know more about other brands and technology than we know about how our body works
0: yeah that's cool you stop
2: for a second too and that's a reflection of where we're at in the world too we know more about the stars than we know about the ocean yeah right way more way more we know way more about what's going on outside of our own
0: world than inside of our own world yeah that's kind of interesting hey Hmm. (laughs) that's so interesting so what have what have you found to be? How, how what have you folks found to be? Ooh, what have you folks found to be one of the most difficult or perceiving seemingly difficult stories that uh, it's in our best interest to kind of edit.
1: Hmm. There we go. Sure.
2: Yeah. So, uh, one. Uh, this is interesting to talk about this because we just had a conversation yesterday about this as well, right? Uh, That really what I find to be, um, so when we first started, it was like, okay, all these stories are different. They're all different. Once you get to a few hundred, you're like, wait a second, they're all the same. It's all the same story, just different frequencies and different slight changes that are circumstantial. Um, So what I find for people is that oftentimes their beliefs about the world tend to stem from early life. Let's say two to seven, um, Mm -hmm. often in that range. And I would say most of the people we talk to, they feel a deep rooted sense of unworthiness, right? Mm -hmm. I don't deserve this thing that I actually want and I know that I can work towards. So it's easy for us to sit in the moment and be like, well, what do you want? right what do you want and and that's where the exploration starts it starts in the okay well you know if we could wave a magic wand i.e. your pen and we could write out everything right that you want in your life how many of these things do you feel like you deserve and you're worthy of of receiving and then then what then what happens when you get it then what do you do and I would say most people are stuck totally blank the first few times that we do this with them.
1: Yeah, if anything, most people know more what they don't want oh, yeah, than for what sure. they do want.
2: Yeah. Agreed. You ask
1: them what they want, and they're like, well, I don't want to feel like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. I don't want to be angry anymore. That's not what I asked Yeah, yeah. You.
2: I didn't ask you about what, what you don't Right? Want. What yeah.
1: do you want? <laughs> yeah. What do you want? And then they're like, do oh. What do you mean?
2: Yeah. I, you can do that? <laughs> there's there's uh, options? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh so we play the opposite game with yeah. people with that too. Okay. So if you don't want this, what do you want then?
0: Yeah. Right. I like um, saying uh if you're if if you're wanting to say no to this, what are you gonna say yes to? Or if you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? Yep,
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and saying, you know, for me, I like to reframe the no's. The no's are actually a yes because I'm saying yes to me. So it's not really a no, it's a no to them. I'm saying yes to me when I say this. And and there were points in my life, and this is, you know, we talked about the rejection factor of like not wanting to, not wanting to say no to someone for fear that they would reject me personally on a personal level. So then this is where people pleasing comes in. Yeah. I'll just do whatever somebody else wants, even though I know I shouldn't be doing this thing, right? Um, and when you can hit a level of acceptance of like, well, actually, my job is not to go out and please everyone else. You know, my job is to make sure that I'm I'm in a centered place, in a grounded place that I can then make decisions that are in uh, our best interest, mine first. Right. And I also believe that when we come from centered places, the decisions that impact us in a positive way also impact everyone else in a positive way as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I think when we're out of alignment, that's when we start Mm -hmm. making decisions that hurt other people very quickly. I've yet to find someone who's aligned centered grounded that makes decisions that are for themselves that don't actually help other people too oftentimes it helps most other people as well mm-hmm. right the issue totally. is alignment you know and so um when we allow our mind to work freelance right um what you should never do your mind should be working for your heart all the time okay When it's on freelance mode, this is when culture comes in. This is when culture, this is when people, this is when other energies come in and they dictate what we should do. Yeah. Right. When the mind's working for the heart, the heart knows immediately. Come on, fam. We don't want to do that. (laughs) Come on. Seriously. You know, it's like, let's not do that. Let's do this other thing right here Mm -hmm. because, you know, you want to do this anyways. Right. And um, I'm a big believer in that we are all we are always moving forward. Life is always moving forward. It's never moving backwards. Always pushing forward. It's always evolving. Now, whether we have a level of awareness of that is depending. it depends on the individual, right? But it's always moving forward. So if we can come from this place of, and I tell this to people quite often, is that you can't get off path. You're always on path. Always. Can't mess up. You can't mess up. You can't mess up, period. No matter what you do. And... If you, can, if you can go with that, get behind that theory of I'm on path all the time. And that's including the things that suck, right? We need things that suck so that we can value the things that go well, right? If everything was going perfect all the time, you'd be over it in like three days. You'd be like, this is ridiculous. There's something wrong here, right? Which you talked about the matrix already. That was the concept of the matrix, right? The first version of the matrix was perfect, but then they didn't accept it. Right. Because we need to have contrast. We need to have this. We need to have a sun. We need to have a rainy day, right? Storms. So that way we can really enjoy the sunlight and the clouds. We can, you know, and, and getting out into the sun and catching it's like, oh, yeah, this is so nice. Right. Spring days are beautiful because you just came off of winter. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. why they're beautiful, you know? And so if you're neglecting the winter all the time and you're like, boom, 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 then you won't enjoy the spring. You won't enjoy it period, or not to the level that you could, Mm -hmm. you know, totally.
1: And I, I think even with that is to say, um, if you're only loving the summer and you don't have appreciation for the winter, then that's a long time that you're going to sit in the suck Mm -hmm. because it's not the temperature, the optimal temperature that you want. Right. If you can let the weather and I speak for myself, I'm speaking to myself. Mm -hmm. If you can let the weather influence how you feel, that's gonna that's a good chunk of your life right before we started recording we talked about how there was a post on science that said for people who um the people who don't who leave a party without saying bye they like save two weeks of their life or something like that just from not saying bye at a party you know but think about it in the other way the people who like sit and have you know a certain expression or a certain um uh way that they feel because the weather is a certain way that's a good chunk of your life that you're spending in a certain way you know days that you'll never get back you know and and for me that used to be a that used to play a big role if as soon as i saw a cloud it was like i it's as if i had the cloud right over my head Mm -hmm. i'd be mopey and you know and then it was like wait a minute why this is fun. Let's just go, uh, run out in the rain. Yeah, running. we were fun. we lived in Austin, uh, for a bit in Texas, and uh, we there was this like big rain, and I was like, hey, you want to go for a run? So we yep, literally went sure. for a run, and then another time we recorded a little music video with this guy yeah, dancing yeah. in the rain, yeah. and the neighbor was like, yeah. They like,
2: there were a few neighbors that were like, that
0: was dope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, yeah, see, cool. gotta learn to dance in the rain for sure.
0: You know, was, and enjoy it.
1: Enjoy it, it yeah. Know?
0: I love that Uh, something I remind myself or a story that I really switched up or heard or whatever incarnation, I just have it floating around in my head is what we depend on makes the rules. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when we are depending on something externally of us or another way of thinking of it is it's better to be a thermostat than a thermometer. Mm -hmm. It's better to set the temperature to Mm -hmm. what you feel most comfortable at rather than reacting to the temperature that's yep. great i'm jacking yep. you for that dude 100 yeah, all your <laughs> all of them <laughs> yeah you can have it you can have it they, oh my goodness so that's great. when so when we're depending on the external world because kendra and i were actually chatting about it. we go on date nights every wednesday that's our that's our jam Nice. and we were walking and it was like a beautiful beautiful day and it's so funny how often People say, oh, if it was only like five degrees warmer, five mm. degrees cooler, yep. I would just, it would just be perfect. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking when we were chatting about it, I'm like, it's already perfect. Yeah. Like, what, how, how is a five degree difference going to make any change in the being of the present mm-hmm. and then in practicing existence mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like just, just understanding like, there's so much, there's so much, uh, there's so much, uh, life to live where we can depend on our own rules to live that life. And I think depending on uh, the external world to just adjust for our internal turmoil is an unrealistic expectation and putting, putting those, putting those vibes out or saying those words in my mind at least, and this is completely opinion, of course, and is, is negating it's trying to it's trying to push an unstoppable force with an immovable object or something like that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the immovable object's there and we're trying to pretend to be an unstoppable force when really there was a riddle about it. It was from um it was a su- it was a Superman movie. And it was All Star Superman, I believe it was. And, uh, really good one. And he had a challenge and it was a riddle. And the riddle was, uh, how, kind of, how, how, how do you resolve the unstoppable force and the immovable object? The only way for there to be peace from just like the consistent tension mm-hmm. and the buildup of, uh, what I would say inefficient energy and I would say inefficient energy in the sense of you got the energy, but you're just, you have the e-brake on sure. That's kind of the way I think of it. And the only way that an unstoppable force can prevent an immovable object and vice versa is through surrender. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So surrender is the answer to the riddle. I butchered the <laughs> riddle, but I got the answer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and when when we're when we get to surrender to what is happening outside of us where we go and dance in the rain mm-hmm. like that is surrendering to the elements and rather being one with it exactly rather than trying to change the temperature or whatever to fit in it's just so much easier to have a flow of uh uh flow of now I'm like tangenty for sure. Go for it. But it's nice to have that flow of um, water. It's like we're water. We're not trying yeah. to swim against the current. We're not trying yeah. to hold on to a rock. And every once in a while, we get to go up to the beach and chill. And yep. we get to go back onto that river. And when we're not trying to fight the river or stop the river, yep. when we get to go with the flow of the river, and rather than holding on for dear life, we learn to swim, then yep. that river is so much smoother.
1: Yeah. And absolutely. enjoyable. Yeah. Right.
2: And you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you have fun with it. Yeah. And, you know, you instead of fight, I think so many people are fighting upstream. I agree. And then when you when you surrender to the moment, that's really what, you know, what we're talking about, surrendering to this in this year. And this is perfect. Yeah. It's nothing but perfect. Like it, it, it's always perfect. Every moment is perfect all the time. And it includes the ones that suck just as much as the ones that are wonderful. Yeah. And if we can stop and think that, then then we start flowing downstream right. and you can choose to find the beach. Like you just said, cool. Like I'm, I want to stop right there. That looks right. like it has a really good view. Let's stop right there. Yeah. And then cool. I'm just going to go back down and I'm just going to keep going on this never ending journey Yeah. and it flows and it keeps going. And I think when we can get to that level, this is when we find beauty in everything everything everywhere you go it's it's inescapable and and i think when you come from that place like the the universe opens up for you
1: right and and what what we've realized and we've had conversation about this before is like how many people are fighting for their limitations yes because of who because of their because that essentially has created who they are yes and the identity that they they see themselves as this person. And so who would I be without this aspect mm-hmm. of myself?
2: And oftentimes yes, but, that's scary for people.
1: And that is scarier than
0: letting go. Mm-hmm. That was like what I was saying earlier about uh, the, so in the fighting for limitations, it's defending the banners that we're yeah. bound exactly. to. Exactly. Yep. Same yep. kind of idea. Yep. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. I actually have a thought going back to the anxiety part the way that I interpret anxiety or first off is that it is the anticipation of the future Mm -hmm. for sure. I think that that's one type of anxiety. And then there's another type of anxiety where it is the recognition that it is the, like the external. So the physiological part, because we have the anticipation of it in our mind, Mm -hmm. right? We're visualizing a future that is not exactly, you know, we're not exactly fond of, Sure. And then I think that when we have the uh, uh, another podcast guest, a friend of mine as well, Leah, she's, she calls it uh, anxiety. So excitement, anxiety. Okay. So it's the physiological responses between anxiety and uh, excitement are the same. And, right. Definitely. And then there is another anxiety that I, this is how I interpret it. And it's from the solar plexus because that is the highest collection of uh, nerve endings Correct. in our body which I just learned that pretty recently. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's fucking cool. But that, that like tension, that weight where it's the metaphorical weight or the invisible weight that we bear, that's where we feel it the most. And when we actually find that alignment, like, you know, when Mm -hmm. that, like your body responds, Mm -hmm. that's Uh when we find that peace. Mm -hmm. So what I recognize is that I view that as the compass. So if I'm feeling anxiety in my solar plexus in my gut in my intuition i recognize that as my compass right sure of misalignment Mm -hmm. so if there's a misalignment then there's going to be an anxiety in that section so i understand okay i am off track nothing else is off track i am Mm -hmm. off track Mm -hmm. and when i veer back into that then that alignment's back and then that that form of anxiety is gone. But I yeah. think more often than not, most people just have the anticipation of future pain. Yeah, that's usually what it is. is yeah. in which honestly in my mind is like it it only takes a story to counter that story. true. Sure. Yeah. And it's yeah, so yeah. interesting whereas where some some folks will be like, I'm a really anxious person. why are you anxious? Well, because this might happen and this might happen and this might happen, it's like, mm-hmm. okay well, have you took taken that thought further? Mm-hmm. And they usually just stop. It's like, yeah, exactly. oh, so-and-so, so-and-so is going to abandon me. And
1: mm-hmm. then what?
0: Is there, yeah, and then what? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. or is there a thought of perhaps, what if that does happen? Is that something you want to happen? Because mm-hmm. we could be doing it unconsciously as well, like you were talking yes. about, which what you were saying uh, that hits, was uh, feeling, having that sense of, yeah, yeah, there we go. Having that sense of, or fear of abandonment and then thinking, well, they're gonna abandon me anyways, and then just fucking it up ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so yeah, it's funny. Yeah,
1: self-fulfilling prophecy. It's exactly right? what it is. Yeah.
2: So most people, most people that um have a subconscious belief like that. So people this is a really common thing, and this is actually a, a psychological theory that's been proven true over decades. That people that tend to um come from difficult upbringings, they believe that they're gonna end up back in that same situation so they tend to just be like well fuck it whatever happens in this moment is what happens because i'm going to end up back there anyways so who cares i'm willing to throw it all away all of it and that's an interesting concept for me that that's a subconscious belief Mm -hmm. that i'm going to end up here anyway so it really doesn't matter what i do right now rather than thinking everything i do matters in this moment everything every step matters all of them matter right and if i want to get back to that that place then you could. That's that's the other side of this too that nobody wants to like acknowledge. It's like, sure, you could choose your own demise if you want to. That's how powerful you are. Yeah. You're so powerful you can tell yourself you have no power.
1: Yeah. And you're yeah. just
2: at the whim of anything that happens. That's how powerful we are. That's how that's how strong our our abilities are as, as humans, um, to be able to dictate what happened. You could choose it if you want. And I tell people that, and they're usually like, What? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to, go for it. I'm not gonna stop you i am be fine. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. But if you want to choose your own demise, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. And they're usually like, hold up. What's this dude telling me right now? <laughs> and I'm like, cool. Is that what you want? All right. Well, no, that's not what I want. Cool. What do you want? And that's usually when the pause happens. And now we're getting into it. And now we're like, cool. We're in the thick of it. Now we're going to get somewhere right now. Yeah. You know, but it takes it takes a little push pull. Yeah. It's a little push pull sometimes.
1: And, you know, the, the, the evolution of how we've shown up for ourselves has supported how we get to show up with other people as well. And the more honest and truthful that we've been with each other, with ourselves, that actually has given us permission to be even more honest and have this greater sense of responsibility for how we show up on our coaching calls, yes. because they are choosing to like we've had so many conversations around how how much gratitude we have at the fact that we recognize they're giving up part of their lives to be here with us Mm -hmm. and yes we're doing the same to be be here with them so there's this like there's this deep responsibility for how we show up and making sure that we're not just wasting their time. And so that has come with being even more honest and upfront when they're having those like really low moments to show them, Hey, this is what you signed up for. Like you signed up for us to be honest. Mm -hmm. I could sit here and and lie to you and, and, you know, um, like baby you and, and support you in a in ways that other people maybe like you when you go and talk to your friend who's like oh heck yeah like f that guy or whatever you know and it's like that's not what you're here for you're here for you're here to get honest you're here to face the the truth and face your fears and One of the things that I love to share as um, the concept of is buffalo or bison when the storm is coming versus the cows, right? The cows, they see the storm coming and they run. They run away from the storm. But these little beasts, they run towards the storm. They run right at it because they know that the faster that they get go to it, they'll get through it faster. Sure, it'll suck at some point of it. And... It's going to suck even more. I'm going to prolong the experience by running away from it. Right. And so once I learned that, I was like, huh, that's definitely mm-hmm. exactly what we're doing here. Yeah. Right. We're running into the storm. We're dealing with the the suck. And then we're getting through it to see, oh, look, here we are. Clear skies.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Have you seen Encanto? Have you seen Encanto? Clear, clear skies. <laughs> the, the
1: Disney movie about the family from Colombia.
0: No, I haven't actually. That's oh, a fun one. It's sure. so
1: good. It's so good. <laughs> one of the one of the family members. They have an aunt who, um, her her mood changes the weather, and so when she gets frustrated or anxious, she's got the the storm that comes up, and she's like, clear skies, clear skies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's really cool. Chatting with you guys is fun. This is good. It's really good. Where Where do you think? Uh, ooh. Where do you think, mm, okay, where do you think the rabbit hole goes
2: as far as we wanted to, nice, okay, fair
0: yeah. enough, fair yeah,
1: enough.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, straight up as far as we wanted to i Very I simple. don't think there's an ending,
1: mm-hmm.
2: period, yeah, it because goes. I yeah, because I think the uh I think that existence is never ending, mm. so. If, if you go with that line of thought, like, it's just going to keep going and going and going and going. And um, we can only experience the rabbit hole to our level of understanding. Mm-hmm. So just because I hit the end of what I perceive to be the end of the rabbit hole. Right. So, like, if you think about this, we have a, a coach in our community that's that dropped this bomb on us. And he said, uh, the ceiling, your current ceiling is the floor
1: the for next your
2: next level. level. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Right. And I was like, Ooh, bro. Yeah. fire! Oh my goodness. Hit me yeah. in heart for sure. Right. And so if you think about it like that, right, that's the rabbit hole. So you think you get to the end of it, but now you're at the beginning of a whole new one. And now you just keep going and keep going and keep going. And as soon as you hit the ceiling of that one, now you're at the floor of another one and it's never ending. I, I would, I would say to you, you know, I'm a big believer that, um, yes, this is a simulation. Yes. It's a simulation. No, you're not a slave like the matrix tells you. Okay. Mm. Yes, you're here to learn things. You're here to learn things and your soul is on a mission here and we choose to meet people. We create this environment so that our soul can continue to grow. And then we finish our lifetime here. We regroup. Yeah. We talk about it. We slide back in later to have another, another thing. And it may not be here. It may not be here that we do so. It may not be in the way that we can currently perceive it as a human. And the reality, though, is this is what I mean to you by the perspective of the universe. Everything is moving forward, mm. everything all the time. And um, I've told that to a few people, to a few people. And I've had some really good conversations where people have challenged me on that. Well, and they'll say something like, well, what about what about some of the really bad things that happened in history? You know, um, I'm half African, West African and half Scottish. OK, so I'm very into history, very into history. OK, so I've had some people tell me, well, what about slavery? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it was horrible, horrendous time in history, horrendous time in history. And I also can, can if I'm the universe and I'm thinking about this prior to prior to that period in history, the world was incredibly divided, tribed up. Everyone was in individual pockets. And then after that, now we live in a world where there's no such thing as individual pockets. The world is completely mixed. It's a huge melting melting pot. So would we have gotten to this level of connection with people who come from different places had we not? Have gone through a horrendous thing like that and i think if we go back through numerous things in history right there's a lot of moments like that that you know i think humans are at their most formidable and they're most like uh we come together at our at our best when we're dealing with difficulties mm-hmm. that's when we come together the most you know and you know i know people people are you know we catch a lot of people that think the world is in this like really bad place right now you know i tend to disagree i tend to think that that where we're going right now is actually we are we're reconciling things from our past right now this is how karma works on a global global level where we have to reconcile things which also tells me that some of the things that are coming back to us now means that there's an evolution rather than a revolution right so a revolution is a cyclical process we come back to the same spot evolution is we learn and we move forward right? And that's where I personally feel like we're at, at this moment. And it's a crucial moment in our history, which also tells me people like us are here on purpose at this moment right now. We're here on purpose. It's not an accident. Even the people that are like listening to it, there's a reason why you trickled in and found this, right? And and there, you know what I mean? Like, there's no such thing as accidents in a quantum world at all, right? And the space between space for us is where the magic happens. That's what thats what quantum physics really is, is that the, ma- the majority of our space is non-seeable. It's non-physical. Does that mean it's not there because my human eyes can't see it? No, of course not. Of course not. Mm-hmm. You know, And there is no separation in us. It's all one thing that's moving forward. And when we can think about it like that, for me at least, it takes a huge weight off my shoulders, a huge weight off my shoulders that like I don't have to do anything. I simply need to be who I am. And through my process of being who I am, I can allow someone else to be who they are. And if we can all do that, right? Yeah. In just a generation or two, we'll be looking at a very, very, very different place. So that's what I put my money on and all my energy into because that's what I want to see in the
0: world. I totally agree with that. I think, uh, I think the, the difficulty that we are bonding together or not bonding together, but the difficulty that we are banning together. There we go. Mm -hmm. Banning together to, uh, on a united front is towards conceptual survival rather than external survival. Yes. I think, I think having that, uh, having the tools and tactics in such an abundant world is useful because Keep in mind that our brains are programmed not for abundance. Mm-hmm. And when there is so much abundance, like we're talking to each other like miles apart. Mm-hmm. And even with all of these amazing things, people still find and seek out reasons that counter the abundance. And most of our struggles are conceptual in nature, in my in yeah. my mind, at least in my opinion, I think of it where that conceptual survival, those more, the cognitive stuff is going to be like our stories is what we are banding together in order to counter where it's the, it's not, it's the integration of rather than the transition of. In my mind it's like all the pieces are already there it's just integrating each of them into a um, style or a manner or a method or in a practice that perpetuates progress rather than perpetuates pain yes oh yeah it's kind of my thought on that one but i really like i really like the your current ceiling is the floor to the next one damn stealing it jacked (laughs) awesome that's super cool that's super cool oh there's i got a lot of solid notes on this one so far like you guys are freaking knowledge bombs (laughs) love it trying to think of another one because you had like a whole bunch but i want to try milking some more i had a couple alignments on that one i'm like no no let's see let's see uh with with the with the with the state of progress, which no matter how hard we try to fight progress, there is always going to be progress. I completely agree with what you mentioned on that one. Oh, and okay, so another thing that I I theorize and I was listening to Duncan Trussell. Mm, nice. And uh freaking love him like love that guy. Like I have a couple of mental mentors and And Duncan's not exactly a mental mentor, but I like his outlook on life because I believe that we can bring everything down to a baseline of not generalities, but pretty darn close where we could bring it down to dualities rather than generalities. So for example, I think that when you look at the intentions of an individual or another way of putting it is if you follow the money, you see where the intentions are. Hmm. And so if we're if we follow the intentions, whether they're from a place of infatuation or a place of resentment, mm-hmm. then we have a better understanding of the character and the behaviors behind the character. Yep. And so I think Duncan Trussell is more of an infatuation character where he wants to bring love. He wants to bring awesomeness and wants to bring the best version of an individual to a broader scale. So I think that's what really resonates with me. And what uh what he said that was pretty cool and it was having to do with reincarnation Mm. and i think i think his kind of the thought process of that was really cool i was chatting with kendra about our date night and it's reincarnation if reincarnation is a thing and keep in mind like the thing that's really fun with this is that it's all theoretical it's hypothetical nobody knows for certain what happens but we can think of with follow the logic mm-hmm. with that space between uh uh logic and creativity we're able to kind of have a better idea of things and this just made the most sense to me whereas like when people believe that they could go to heaven or they go to hell i i think that both of those are internal they have no sense of outside self or outside yeah. kind of being whether yeah. we experience a heaven or a hell it is in this lifetime mm-hmm. and uh with karma, karma is increased, and or, or increased over time based off of our behaviors. And what I find is that it's not a one to one ratio where no. it's an increase in karma, and then when you're increasing your, it's in, it's, it's following up with the dharma, and that is the resolution of the karma. Exactly. But the only reason that that dharma it happens is due to self actualization. Not yeah. because you did one shitty thing, so you have to do one good thing. It's not yeah, transactional. Exactly. Yes. And what I really liked about the idea of this this karma is when we build up that bank account or that deficit, I'll say it's a deficit. We're just going into credit mm-hmm. via karma. And when we pay down that debt by improving the being that we are, then let's say we kick the bucket And we go into whatever the uh, ethereal world would be, whatever that is. I don't know what it is. I have theories, but that's Mm -hmm. it. I don't know if it exists. Is it important if it exists? No, not in my mind at least. Because that's also just thinking in the future. It's not in the present. Mm -hmm. And this is where the heaven is. The hell is everywhere else. (laughs) Mm, I love that. Yeah. And uh, so with with reincarnation the idea that i think is really cool is uh or sort of but we are drawn to misery right and we try to escape the discomfort of misery by perpetuating more misery and what i think is or what duncan said was when you go into that reincarnation or you leave this world there's not been the moment of self-actualization Because of whatever variety of karma you've developed. So being outside of what you perceive to be the only self feels gross and icky and uh, doesn't feel pleasant. Right. So when we leave this, we're drawn to that misery. So we go from one misery to another. So we go back into a biomechanical being that we are. In order to escape that outside self, because we have not been able to detach the difference of our consciousness and, or the way I like to put it, our human being and our animal being, our animal being is like what we see, like that's our hands and our subconscious, which is our being. And then our human being is the consciousness. And I think we go from less animal being to more human being the more self-actualized we get which has that which in itself is a form of reincarnation during our lifetime yeah because we're all going to be different people at different points in time and each yes. of those points is a reincarnation and the sure. person that we have that the person that we perceive oftentimes must die in order to reincarnate as the person that we know to be
1: yeah yeah that's actually, mm-hmm. that's so in line with what we were just talking about with the 7-7 portal and death and rebirth. Mm-hmm. So hello, yeah. full circle. Sure.
2: <laughs> I also told you too, just uh, just before we talked, remember, I, I, I turned 34. Yep. And I felt like, you know, uh, I feel like, okay, so I went to a Catholic school and I learned a lot about religion, a lot about religion. And so, you know, Jesus dies on the cross at 33 And is reincarnated. And before we jumped on the call, I said that I had just turned 34 and it felt like there was a whole part of me that died and was rebirthed into this version that was always inside of that other version of me. But it needed that part needed to die in order for this version of me to step forth. Mm. And that's wonderful because I definitely we've talked about this in our relationship too, that we've both like falling in and out of love with different versions of ourselves all the time. And it, and it constantly happens because we're constantly growing. So then we find something new about ourselves, then we share it. And then we fall back in love even more with each other because now it's like, wow, there's this extra thing that's now you've discovered. And wow, I love that even more. Thank you so much for doing this thing called life with me. Thank you. Yeah. And there's a deep rooted sense of like gratitude mm-hmm. when you realize you're constantly in a phase yeah. of birth, death, Rebirth. Yeah, all recognizing the
1: time. that change is inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. We're different people from the time that we first started this conversation because of this conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and being able to tie into how relationships are seen, and there are people who have this idea that they can change the other person, yeah. that is absolutely the sure. wrong way to go about anything, yeah. right? No one can change you but yourself. And to think I mean, sure, we Big have, influence. we yeah, we have, we have influence. There is the power of influence that we have on each other and recognizing that I have the power to be a positive influence and I also have the power to be a negative influence. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how am I choosing to show up in this relationship? And in that, am I choosing the person that shows up every day without wanting to change anything about him Mm. right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that i'd say is like is a big thing it's like when people say you've changed it's like yeah Yeah, you're supposed to you're supposed to
0: yeah
2: right yeah like you're slipping if you didn't or like there's a a lack of recognition if you think you haven't changed a lack of recognition of like oh actually Mm. okay so have you said that you just stayed in the exact same spot and you've never experienced anything right by experience (laughs) we naturally change period
1: I've always
2: been this way. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite line. Well, I've always oh. been this way. I've always been this way. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. you, sure about <laughs> you sure about that?
1: You sure about that?
0: <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that one's a really cool thought because no one or not no one. That's, that's silly. But I think it's, I've been finding recently that I've been reflecting on the positive growth that I've had more often recently than ever before in my life or I guess we can put it as previous lives. huh? And, uh, and that has been that, I think that has been a huge momentous contributor to perpetuating that progress. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's freaking going. And even on the days, and I don't know what this is. I'm not sure where it is. I'm going to figure out where this story comes from, <clears throat> but there is a, uh, even on days where I absolutely crush it and, like objectively and subjectively, I'm like yes, like freaking crush it. But then sometimes I'll go into an old, an old story of, did I do enough? Is this mm-hmm. enough? Is yeah. this? Mm-hmm. And I know I can do more. Mm-hmm. I'm also perceiving it from what I know I'm capable of, so I'm comparing it to that point as well. Yep. Yeah. Rather than just accepting the cool shit that I got to do mm-hmm. and just being fulfilled in that time, and so that's been something that I've been reflecting on. More yes. immediately where if I catch it, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh and I, I word it as my inner rival and my inner role model.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I have a I my inner rival, I named him Mr. Simpleton. And then my mm-hmm. uh inner role model I named the dapper dude. Nice.
1: Nice. Nice. <laughs> and
0: whenever Mr. Simpleton comes on along and is like, hey, like um, you know, you kinda suck. Why, why did you why why didn't you do enough? and then i look at the role model i'm like i'm living up to more so with the role model the 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 dapper dude that character than i am as a rival and it's funny how every once in a while those kind of narratives will pop up again and it's it's without that reflection without thinking you know what uh i'm so much further along in and I, I put it in the categories of health, wealth, relationships, and happiness or yeah. fulfillment and joy, kind of all the same kind of ide- vibes. And I'm looking at those metrics. I'm like, I'm crushing it in those mm. categories compared to any other time. So I recognize that that narrative of, did you do enough? You know, you could do more. Why didn't you do more? Are you being lazy? And mm. it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 Like you got to, you got to hold the horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got to like chillax because that narrative is so incorrect but i wouldn't be able to figure that i would perpetuate that narrative if i did not reflect on it and right. reflect on how much better and how much stronger and how much more developed or actualized i've become in that process yeah oh,
1: well so what's crazy. interesting too is again lining up with that death and rebirth is that the more that you align with the dapper dude Mr. Simpleton's life is at risk.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, so he's
1: gonna fight as for much as he can. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he is gonna, and that's one of the things that we reinforce. As soon as you learn about this inner critic, and and that you learn about all of these different beliefs that you've had, every single one of those now recognize their life is in danger, and so mm-hmm. they're gonna fight for their life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's Sometimes
1: so it gets harder before it gets easier. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to recognize that and have that awareness is something that will support you to know, okay, I expected this. You talked about the bumps in the road, Mm -hmm. right? If I tell you, okay, let's say we're going to do a sled drag, and right as you turn the corner, there's going to be a bump, you got to really turn the corner and accelerate. Then you'll have that anticipation and know this is how I get through it Mm -hmm. versus turning the corner and being like, now you have to pause, regather, and then push again, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what, you can get through it. And having that awareness gives you that sense of like anticipate that there will be bumps in the road Mm -hmm. and that you know how to get through it. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say too, a couple of things that, that came up for me when you mentioned that is that, uh, it took me a while to get to this point of realizing it. Um, and I think it's really powerful is that um, everyone's always doing their best mm-hmm. all the time. And um, this is, I'm going to start with, with everyone else and then I'm gonna bring it back individually. Okay. So like everyone else is always doing their best all the time. Um, and their best might not match up with what you believe their best is. Mm-hmm. If they could do better, they I would do better. We're always operating at our best all the time, whatever it looks like. Okay. And if we can take that back now to you, okay. Uh, If you could have done better, you should have done more, right? That's when it comes up. You should have done more. If you could have done more, you would have done more. You could have, it's possible. Sure. We can sit here and we can play the should have, would have, could have game all day long, all day long. But the reality is, is that if you could have done better, you would have done better. You would have done it. So you're always operating at your capacity. Now, having said that, Sometimes your capacity to do things is higher or lower. It just depends on what's going on. And this is where we get back to the full circle again, accepting where you are in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes your best is going to not be so nice in comparison to other moments. And then in other times, it's going to be wonderful. You're going to exceed what you believed your capacity to yeah. be either way on or both, because either way, you're always doing your best. And yeah. so is everyone else. That's helped me with judgment. A lot help me with judgment. Okay, this person's just doing the absolute best that they can right now. They're just trying to figure it out. So who am I to judge their best right now, based on my best? Yeah. Right. Or what I perceive they should or shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. That is a judgmental thing for me to say of someone else, as well as me. Right. Both.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. And so I feel like recognizing that is a big deal. Um. I would also say too. Um. You know, alignment. We talked a lot about alignment today, right? So for me, I think that we, we will never, you'll never hit a point where you're always in alignment. That's not the point. The point isn't that you're always in alignment. The point is that you can recognize when you're out of alignment and reduce the gap between how far you're out and how fast you get back into alignment. So if you can play that game of how fast can I recognize this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. How do I get back? What does feel good? Let me get back and let me just reduce the gap in which I'm out and I get back in you know and i think that helps a lot with recognizing okay bumps in the road are going to happen it's gonna happen and the likelihood is when the when the bumps in the road happen those are the moments with which i may be out of alignment the bump may create me getting out of alignment and i can still get back (laughs) i can always get back yeah right um so, we were
1: talking about that one thing we read, and I think it was at the Seat of the Soul where he talked about the, the pendulum swing. Yes. That if you go out on one end, you can swing, swing back the other, the complete opposite side, and then you recognize how you can bring yourself to balance,
2: mm-hmm. right? So, we need those. We need yeah. the swing in order to find the middle,
1: mm-hmm. you know?
2: And uh, I think that requires. A lot of curiosity, a lot of discovery, which what's the fun part about this is it's innate to us. It's innate to us as human. We enjoy discovery. We enjoy learning new things. You know, we like to go out and figure out new things. This is why we love adventure so much. And even if you're not someone that's like, oh, I'm, I'm always out and I'm always doing it. We respect other people that do. Yeah. Because there's a part of us, and this is, you know, we can get into, like, ancestral aspects of, like, you know, our lineage of where we come from, that that's a natural part of what we do.
1: Tell them about the running.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw this thing on running. Uh, Actually, you know, it's from The Matrix as well. The book that Neo picks up in the very first one is Mm Simulcra. And simulation, I think that's what it's called. It's a French, a French philosopher's book. And the idea is that everything that we do in our lives right now is for nostalgic purposes. And so people that run is the, that's like the first example. Nobody runs because you need to be able to run. We don't need to be able to run in our society today. We don't need to, it's not necessary at all. But it brings us back to a moment in our ancestral lineage with which we did need to be able to run from a tiger, from a bear, from someone else like we needed to. So then when we get in the process, especially like I think like people that do like marathon training, there's a spiritual component to it where like you find out something and something is brought out of you at a cellular level that's connecting you back to Mm -hmm. your ancestral lineage, which is interesting. So if you think about everything is nostalgic is also like full circle everything always is coming full circle all the time for us regardless of where our technology is in history
0: totally it's actually cool to to add to that as well it's so cool the nostalgia where we don't need to run but we choose to because of the nostalgia to it uh i had another fellow on a podcast daniel o'neill and he talks about rewilding Mm. So rather than rewiring Ooh, it's i like that wilding so mm-hmm. it's getting mm. back to those novel experiences yes of nat- going into nature mm-hmm. and it's rewilding because we are so domesticated now yes <laughs> yes yeah. for and sure. then we find ourselves in unbalanced yeah imbalanced imbalanced yeah because we are out of alignment of the everything around us. Yes. And when we get to rewild, we get to find that sweet spot, and I guess mm-hmm. experience the nostalgia of going for mm-hmm. a run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. Next time you go on a run, you're be like, "Whoa." Yeah. <laughs> <Why are> you- <laughs> I'm running with my ancestors right now.
0: <laughs> well, I had a kind of neat thought on on the note of that running within ancestors. I think of the same thing as breathing the air. Yeah. Where the only di- there's no the only difference between us right here in this moment is the fact that we're just not in person. Outside of that, we're still breathing the same air. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's like a beautiful connection across time. Oh, for right sure. There.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, we every time that we've been out and um, you know, visiting these different areas, I love looking up the clouds, looking up the sun, and saying this is the same sun that his. You know, we're currently at his grandma's house before we take off on our next journey. But you know. We, I send her a picture, and I'm like, "Oh, look! Go, go outside and look up at the sun. We're looking up. We're looking, you know, at we're looking up at the same sun.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is a beautiful thing that connects us all. Like, there's way more that connects us than divides us. Way more.
0: I totally agree with that. Well, uh, an example that I think is like, uh, the beautiful combination of, I, I think it's a timeless, timeless combination. And the reason why I say timeless is because it covers, uh so much area actually it's so much ground both literally and figuratively mm-hmm. but the concept or the idea that well not the idea the i guess it would be fact because it's yeah it's yeah okay it's definitely in fact so it'd be how the the uh orion's belt is lined up with the pyramids of giza yeah. yes and then you take the pyramid the uh the the main one i forget what that one's called but then you break down the all the uh, mathematics and the numbers of it, mm-hmm. and then what you realize is that the scale of the pyramid is just the same scaling. It's a smaller scaling mm-hmm. of the solar system, of the distance between the Earth and the Moon, the distance between the Moon, uh, the Earth and the Sun, yeah. and then you recognize how it's been around for thousands of years. And kind of similar to what you were saying about looking up the sky and seeing the same sky that people have seen before, we get to look at these monuments that we've built that also connects us with the bigger universe outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And there's just such a beautiful alignment with all of that. And I think it's like like tuning a guitar. Mm boom, And you find that sweet spot and you're just like, oh. And I actually theorized that well, there's like the the Schumann's rem- resonance, which is the frequency of the earth. Mm-hmm. I actually think that the frequency of a universe is closer to a base. Okay. Like a, like a base. It's not sure. going to be a high E, for example. It's going to be a lower. Yeah, b- sure. B- mm-hmm. b- I would agree. B- yeah, for sure. And that, I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> I, I just thought of that on the fly. I'm like, yeah, I guess that sound would be pretty because it's deep. <laughs> Earthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I'm um, huh? <laughs> uh, that's freaking crazy. This is a cool conversation. Okay. I'm gonna ask you the two final questions. All right. <laughs> yeah. I got so many notes today though. I'm so pumped. So pumped. Oh, reorganize myself here. Holy smokes. So uh the questions are uh <laughs> I think they're going to be freaking cool considering how this conversation went. Uh I've been finding that these questions have been uh sorry that the conversations have been a warm up to these questions. Hmm. Uh and they're very subjective, so it's a lot of it's a lot of fun that way. So before I ask those questions, is there anything that has to be said that hasn't been said yet?
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm. Thank you.
2: Yeah, this has been a fun conversation. Cool. I'm yeah. Grateful I for your presence, for your
0: existence in this
2: moment.
1: Hmm. Gratitude. <laughs> yeah, gratitude.
2: Yeah. Thank you for existing.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you both for existing as well. I think you're you're both good vibes. You're bringing a lot of love, a lot of compassion. your uh, your um, you're certainly lighthouses for mm-hmm. many folks. I imagine thank you my pleasure so since it's the first time where there's two people uh answer them separately okay sounds good and i think it's going to be the coolest way of doing that okay uh so the first one ladies first Mm -hmm. on your deathbed (laughs) (laughs) you're surrounded by all the people that you care for uh no content exists this podcast doesn't exist uh what is the piece of advice that you wish to pass on?
1: Hmm. I would say to move through life with love. That's that's the simplest way that I can say it. Hmm. Yeah. What's interesting that this is the question you ask. I was just watching the... Uh, did he, was it called Limitless?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. Limitless. It's on Disney Plus with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, so, so, yeah, with Chris, you watch Chris
1: it? have you watched it? The documentary? The, okay. This is your podcast, right? Limitless. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah. we, I so was you should 100% watch it, it. the documentary on Disney Plus called Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. And he goes through, and each episode is a, on a different topic and um, essentially him exploring the different ways that he can live a healthier um, life. I, um, and, and obtain longevity right um mm-hmm. and the last episode was on acceptance and it was acceptance that one day you will die and it literally had at the end of the episode a which i cried multiple times Uh, he was on the phone with his uncle so he didn't catch all of, all of it but at the very end there was a a deathbed meditation with a mm-hmm. death doula And she essentially had this same visualization of you're in your deathbed, but at that point it's already, you're done. You're on the other side, you know? And, um, that's, that's definitely one of those things where as we, we've been grateful to experience, you know, life. And like we said, we were both raised and very much influenced by our grandparents and, um, we have that end of life experience, right? We're going, we're currently, we don't know how much longer we have with his grandma. And we see some of the challenges that we have. And they're very clear um, reminders of what we're aiming to do every day to take care of ourselves, to love ourselves, so that at the end of our life, if God willing, we are, you know, able to hit a hundred, right? We're able to do it and still exude love.
0: Mm, very good. yeah that was, yeah follow that yeah. up hey <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um
2: you know uh that was what I was going to go in that in a similar line of thought with that is um acting acting from a place of love another thing that came up through my head too that I think you will appreciate as well uh that has been on my mind a lot lately um is uh, a scene from Lord of the Rings. It's a really long one in the book. The movie, it's a little bit shorter. But, uh, you know, Frodo has a, a moment of doubt in the first one where he's like, I wish the ring the ring had never come to me. Wish none of this had happened. And um, I think it's easy for us when we live in times that suck to be like, I wish none of this had ever happened. You know, especially when we're talking about death. You know, I wish, I wish this wouldn't happen. And, uh, you know, Gandalf looks at him in his very wise way says so do all so do all that live to see such times but that's not for them to decide all that's is all that you can do is decide what to do with the time we've been given and for me I feel that um throughout all all the 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 pain throughout all the discomfort that we've both experienced that everyone experiences part of being human and living you know it's part of it um there's a beauty There's a beauty in experiencing all of this Um, and to remember that even in even in the darkest of moments, light shines through. And uh, I think for me, um, that's what that's what we both believe in. And I, you know, I also do at a a very deep level and I've realized that so many of the the things I grew up uh, idolizing lord of the rings you know obi-wan you mentioned all you mentioned every one of them in the beginning and i was like oh my man this is (laughs) this is really going to be a good conversation right um you know that that uh that through the darkness there's there's light always and that that it's always always a moment and that um i tell you know i've told many of my family members as well that when i die I, i know there will be tears but i also want you to dance you know that that's what i'm about to cry um because you know that that's what i loved i love to dance i love to talk to people i love to connect the hugs and so while yes i understand there's a level of sadness i also want you to know that i will be right there with you dancing away every night and uh we never lose the ones we love we never lose the ones we love you know
0: so yeah, that's a beautiful one. Right when you said that, I was like, "Ah, oh, don't, don't, I'm holding it together." <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, right when you said that, I just felt it. I'm like, "Ah, oh, crap." Yeah, <laughs> I got a little welled up there. I got yeah. a little, a little up there, that was good, man. That was beautiful. Thank you. So, uh, the next question. This one's a cool one. So, the best version of you, I guess, is sitting on either sides of you, <laughs> <laughs> and uh what is the piece of advice they wish to give you for this season of your life
1: mm. um so i pictured her right here right away yeah. and i'm holding his hand here and i felt her hold my hand and she said keep going mm-hmm. keep going you're i i hear the uh the the same message come through that we said earlier even when you're in the thick of it, you're on the right path. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Um I feel that similar to what you mentioned before with with um having the Dapper dude right he coming and, and being there with you is like I feel her presence, I feel her guidance and I know that um one of the hardest things that we sometimes can find is like asking for help, you know, and and I am constantly reminded that I have her guidance there. I have his guidance. I have support from family. I have people that I can ask for, um, ask for help. And it's just about being vulnerable enough to say, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. And so no matter who it is from, um, like you said, whether it's a mental mentor or someone in real life, that's, that's the reminder that she has for me is like, you're not in this alone. You have support. You can find support. You're meant to do great things. So ask for help when you need it.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, what's, uh. what's coming through for me, really has been coming through for me for a while now is to, to be the man you know yourself to be. And um, uh, I have been fortunate enough to impact a lot of people's lives, um, and I am, you know, more recently stepping into the responsibility factor of knowing that um, with my presence, deep rooted, aligned, grounded presence, like we've talked about, um, presence presence creates transformation in people. Mm-hmm. So be that man. Be that man. Mm-hmm. And, um, that is what, um, that's what we strive to do. And, uh, that's the personal mission for myself is to, to be, to be that person. And one in which, um, you know, I feel that, um, there's a lot of men out there who, uh, can use, use, uh, other people like ourselves, too, like both of us to show up, show up, um, as who we are unapologetically fully completely all of it tears included yeah you know and uh i think that um yeah that's what's coming through hard for me be that
0: man be that man i like that well folks (laughs) where can people find you
1: well we can be found on instagram at inspire change co and we both have our personal accounts um, as well that we can send over the spelling. Because, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put yeah. we'll the spelling once you get it right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I was like, I tried that last time and I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds, this is, this is a lot.
0: There's we, a, we have there's an underscore verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have an underscore. It's hard to say, you know? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Well, folks, if you love today's heavy, heavy, full of love, compassion episode, please do me a favor right now and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me with my handle at Dapper Dude Kyle, along with at Inspire Change Co. That is one of the ways that we grow. And until next time, keep up the kindness and I hope your day treats you as good as you look.